Wargaming Recon is proudly sponsored by the Maine Historical Wargamers Association. They put on the Huzzah Convention. Huzzah is happening at the Doubletree in Portland, Maine from May 19th to the 21st, 2023. Come play war games featuring epic historical battles, have fun at a sci-fi and fantasy game, or dig into some board games at Huzzah. Visit mhwa.info for more information. Welcome to War Gaming Recon. I am your host, Jonathan J. Reinhardt. War Gaming Recon is delighted to say that we have yet again another episode for you to listen to. Now, whether you are a new or longtime listener, don't you worry because we got you covered with all sorts of stuff from the gaming community, evergreen content, deep dives, you name it. There's a great backlog of content, and always we love to hear from you. So you'll be able to hear a little bit more about that later on in the episode. I want to start off by introducing our guest for today. So we are delighted because this is a topic we're going to be talking about, and this guest really kind of hones in on it. And not only do they talk about it, but they live it. And it's something that's really important to me personally and also to the mission of the podcast. So I want to introduce you to the one and only Mr. Peter Saloon. He has helped to found a gaming community at a brewery in central Massachusetts. He's the president of a second generation family business, and he's going to talk about community building and growing a gaming community and kind of a little bit of everything with that. So Pete, how are you? I'm doing great, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for being on. I know we were talking a little bit before the recording about stuff and just kind of sharing how we both like to talk and we both <laughs> like how much we care about community, right? Yeah. And I mean, when I think about, you know, just my, I guess my life's experience of gaming from being a little kid to now, you know, the, there's this big connection with being part of, it's not just like the game was, uh, whether it's a card game, a video game, a war game, uh, tabletop RP, whatever. Um, you know, it's the experiences you shared with other people and that I still go back to and talk about games we played, you know, long, long time ago with, with some people. And it's like, those memories are there for us. Um, so I think that's a why community is, and lately we've been doing a lot of development. So, um, it's been like a topic on my mind. Um, I think that's how this conversation kind of the nucleus of where this might've started was I made some comment via social yes. media that was something like, Hey, community is important. You better talk to me about, it. you know, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> and I'm not claiming to be some expert, but, uh, you know, it's just something that's important to me and that has brought a lot of joy to me and other. So you just briefly touched on about gaming as a kid. Can we kind of talk a little bit about your gaming origin story? Yes, uh, my pedigree. Yes, yes. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what are some of your earliest <laughs> memories of gaming? Okay. So, I mean, gaming is a, is a wide term. I mean, if we're going to include like all umbrella gaming, uh, you? you know, you know, things, you know, it started with my dad bringing Nintendo like that and mm -hmm. the video gaming end of things. And that was, you know, uh, early nine, early 1990s. And then, um, by the time I was about, I'm, I'm going to say like 12, I found out about Dungeons and Dragons. It was second edition at that time, I think, or at least those were the books we had at that mm -hmm. time. And, um, it was me, my neighborhood friends, some buddies, Boy Scouts, and we would get together and none of us had any money and our parents wouldn't buy us any of this stuff because uh, evil, scary. So we had one, I think we had one player's handbook between like seven of us that it had to bounce from like house to house. And then I think once we got like, 
you know, super rich from our paper roots, we were able to afford like the monster's manual, uh, you know, after saving for a year or something like that. And, uh, yeah. And so we couldn't afford any modules or adventures or anything like that. So that made us creative. So we all started being, you know, adventure writers because if not, we didn't get to play. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was cool. Uh, it allowed me to be creative. I then, you know, in my early teens got involved with a, uh, local gaming store uh, in Gardner, Massachusetts. They're not there anymore. Shout out to Knights Gardner, Massachusetts. Um, great community. Uh, I did all sorts of gaming there. A lot of uh, card gaming, competitive card gaming, stuff like uh, Magic, L5R, like that. Played mm-hmm. a lot of Dungeons and Dragons down there. Got into my first tabletop wargaming stuff down there, which was like Warhammer Fantasy, Mordheim, nice. uh, things like that. Uh, that were current at that time. And uh, it kind of went from there. That was a big community that I think that's what made me a lifetime kind of gamer, uh, that store. And the, and I'm still friends with, I don't know, 20 or 30 that I talked to, you know, multiple times from, from those. So that was really good for me during my teenage. It also kept me, mostly kept me. I was too poor. I couldn't go do anything else problematic. You know? I had to spend it all on card stuff, books. <laughs> well, all the gaming stuff, even then, was expensive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I remember getting into uh, magic, and I started with unlimited and um, some beta, like way, 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 way back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and cards were like it felt it was like tons of allowance money to go for these things. Yeah, and and not to go off on a tangent, but cost thing is a is a big concept for me about now about looking at games that I want to put my energy into or that mm-hmm. I want to share with other people because I see the cost thing is the biggest barrier to entry I think for yeah. for new gamers and specifically with wargaming tabletop wargaming I think the barrier to entrance there is highest that that I'm kind of aware of which is I understand why okay it's a hobby it's part of the hobby and admitment um but it's definitely a barrier to entry for bringing face to specifically to minis war mm-hmm. but for other things as well everything's gotten more expensive i mean it's not surprising board games cost 150 dollars like that that's like totally regular you know yeah, it uh, is, isn't it? <laughs> and a lot more than that for you know some of these you know big epic uh deals you know but um yeah i, I worry about that a little bit but yeah so i didn't i didn't have a ton of money to spend on gaming it never stopped me from, you know i i mm-hmm. didn't I never had the the power magic deck. I was never gonna, you know, buy my way to a win. Um, I had a lot of fun. I asked for stuff for Christmas, job, the restaurant, you know, things like yep. that. Like we all, like we all. And you know, uh, then when I got older and I was still interested in, in gaming, it kind of became like, well, I can I can go buy all, that. and <laughs> I don't think it would ruin me, you know. So, <laughs> so there yep. there was a there was kind of a shift there. I know for me. Uh... I mean, I started early with all sorts of gaming, video games. I, like, I was an yeah. Atari kid, and because okay. I'm old. Um, but and then even like all the other stuff. But for me, I think like my gaming heyday was definitely in college because I I happened to connect with someone in college and became friends with them, and they introduced me to their local game store, which was like yeah. far enough away that it was felt far, but it wasn't really that far from where I lived. And then I became friends with. Like like you like everyone there and so yeah. we'd bounce and it was the same group of people basically we would play different things and we would play GW games or you pick which one we would do some historicals we'd do board games whatever but there was you know one night a week we would all get together and we would go and we would play whatever and we would be there until two three four five in the morning um, 
which probably wasn't so great. Uh, but thank God I had no eight o'clock classes. And then like, that's what we do week after week. And then, you know, we would start doing other stuff. And when I got married, they all came to the wedding. Uh, my best man was one of those people. And we're all kind of scattered a little bit now, but like we keep in touch, we see what's going on. And it's funny how, even though as we've gotten older and, you know, we've become like people with real jobs and who get married yeah. and have mortgages and stuff uh, that there's still a kernel of gaming there in some shape or form for us. And that it's still just kind of oh, been yeah. there. I right. would actually say if, if you want to describe like the heyday or the prime for me, it was it was actually not when I was a teenager as far as like learning new things and like branching out. I was really just at that store with those guys. It was great. It was formative. Mm -hmm. It was supportive. It was inclusive. It was safe, all that. Um, but in my 20s, like or probably my late 20s and up through right now is probably I would consider kind of my gaming prime because now I'm able to attend these conventions. I'm able yeah. to. Uh, work with creators of stuff. I do editing and stuff like that. A couple of folks that um, write adventures for the Savage Worlds rule system, which is a oh, tabletop cool. RPG. Um, and I'm a little bit more uh, socially, I don't know, capable than I was as an awkward teenager. Mm -hmm. So it's yep. easier for me to make inroads into these new places and you know say, I don't know what this game is. I know nothing about it. And I'm going to go ask this person to you know explain it to me because I want to know. Yeah. Um, which is probably something that I would have found uh, intimidating or difficult, um, you know, at 14 or 15 years old. I think a lot of us probably would have felt that way. Uh, if for oh, no yeah. other reason, and there's that fear of, does that make us look stupid? Does that make us seem like we don't belong? Like, what do we have to prove? And yeah, Oh, I yeah. I was actually talking to somebody who he's the same age as me at our um, at our monthly game meetup uh, last month at Redemption Rock Worcester. Um, mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody who he is really on the fence about attending a local convention and he's looked into total con because he knows i go there and he's looked into carnage which i go to every mm -hmm. and he was talking to me about rising phoenix which is coming up at the end of next week i think it um, is yeah the, the people who run it are amazing by the way they are we should talk about them and give them a shout out because that's that's really great uh oh and and uh, that's a really great uh event and i'm going to be running some games there too but that oh, wasn't cool. my point i i didn't mean to plug that <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> what, I, what i was trying I to say was okay um what i was trying to say was this guy is you know he said you know i see convention hall and i see a room with set up like that and he's like i'm too afraid to play because i'm not gonna know the rule i'm just gonna and that is such a common thing that i hear and i have sort of felt it too in the past uh where especially when you go to some of these conventions you went to TotalCon just recently, right? I did, yes, yes. Uh, I, okay, so for example, in, in the, I don't remember the name of the hall, but where all the, the minis are set up there in the main hall. Yeah. Um, you know, if you walk through there and you've never played some of those games and you see the setups that some of those guys have and the hundreds of hours, you know, meticulous development that they've put into either their terrain or their models, ever, I mean, it's very intimidating to somebody to say like, yeah, sure, I'll just come over here and play this and, you know, you get inside your head and you go, am I wrecking this experience for the other people, <laughs> you know, or, or something like that. My advice, the advice I gave him and the advice I give everybody is do it. Yes. Just do it. I, I cannot imagine a scenario where you don't walk up to some table there and say, hey, this looks beautiful and interesting and I don't know anything about it. Can I play it? And I mean, aside from the fact that they might say you have to come back at the next session because I'm full or something like that, um, you know, they're going to be just 
tickled that you want to learn about what they're doing. And I mean, if you got any type of negativity from a situation like that, first of all, I'd be shocked. And second of all, you just know that's not the one you got to play. The other 99.9% will be fine, you know? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, and that, that's my advice there. No, I agree with you. I think the more one kind of goes to the conventions and events, you tend to kind of feel the vibe of them. And yeah. I've yet to go to one that was not welcoming to me. Yeah. But I have found that each con ha- kind of has its own characteristics and its own vibe and atmosphere to it. And yes. it, I think it's kind of important to find what you like best and then match with it. Uh, but yes. you don't know unless you try, right? Unless you go out. It's like dating. Um, yeah, right. Like I, I hated dating. <laughs> it was terrible. I'm so glad I don't have to do that. And yep. uh, but like you kind of have to know what doesn't work for you or like job hunting. Right. Uh, it, like you have to figure out what doesn't fit well to know what really works for you, what lights things up for you. Yeah. It's almost like you wish you could do game speed dating. Right. Like sit down, now, find, that's out, an idea. find out quick. Well, let me tell you that we've done it. Um, but yeah, you know, find out that a game isn't for you early. And mm-hmm. you're not hurting anybody's feelings, I don't think, by saying, oh, that's what this is? That um, That's not what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, um, the, or the, I had a misconception, or maybe, or this is an uncomfortable subject matter for me, or what, whatever. Yep. Um, actually, I think you're doing everybody a favor saying that early on. And you're doing yourself a favor to go find something you're doing, because I don't think anybody around the table wants someone to be in a position that they are not enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I personally wouldn't running games. I absolutely. Um, and so what we've done at our, uh, at our game night is we have a lot of really good game masks for various uh, TTRPGs, whether it's D and D we also have um, the actual, the actual real founder and like biggest creator of our game night. His name is Jake Babineau. He's one of my best friends and he deserves all the credit for, for this event. He runs um, a lot of, games by free league press which have ips like alien and blade runner and you know very famous ip like that that's cool and and so what we do is we we had and it's challenging but we have four or five different systems and we ask the game masters or we challenge them to make 30 minute intro sessions that show what that game is and then we have through the evening we have anywhere from 55 to 75 people and um a lot of them will say like I heard D&D is cool. I don't know how to play it. I'd like to play some D&D. And we go, okay, not to overwhelm you, you're going to go over here mm-hmm. uh, with this game master, and they're going to do a um, – she was running a pirate uh, D&D uh, scenario like on a boat. And it was 30 minutes, and it basically showed you how to look on your character, find stuff, do the roles, find some clues, have a fight, see you later. Um, and she would uh, – I think she'd do like four or five sessions of that. And she'd be able to run, you know, 30 people who didn't know about D&D in one night through. And, you know, some percentage of them probably went like, oh, that's D&D. I'm not, maybe I'm not that into that. Maybe I'm a board game person. Maybe I'm a card Mm -hmm. game person, whatever. And then, you know, uh, I know for a fact, a good percentage of them come back the next week and do breakout or not the next week, but the next month. And they start planning breakout groups. They go, oh, well, us four, we're going to do a four-hour session next month, you know, over here. Is that okay? You know, that type of – or they're meeting up, you know, outside of our game night hours, you know, at somebody's house or at the game store, and, and we're kind of creating other gaming groups from this. So that's like – to me, that's the coolest thing ever because it's very hard to do, 
and you're creating new gamers, which I think is such a great, I just think more gamers is better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're, you're inspiring people is what it is. I I think you, we've kind of like danced around it a little bit, but community building, right. That's kind of, I think an amorphous sort of phrase, Like, like you asked 10 different people and they'll give you 40 different definitions of it but for you what does it mean um so um you know outside in the in the widest lens it, it it means um creating an inclusive to me an inclusive kind of safe and respectful place for me to uh tell people hey look at this thing i'm passionate about are you passionate about it too if you are great let's let's be friends about it. You know, that would be like the, the widest lens, you know, let's do mm-hmm. this awesome thing together. And, and it gets as, it gets as specific as, as what you're saying, you know, it, it can be, um, you know, there are, there are games specific, right? Like the magic community, right. Is a magic community. You're not really going to be super into that community without playing some magic cards, you know, <laughs> um, or, or something. Right. And, or it can be, you know, a, a wider thing like a, uh, local game store, right? That sort of encompasses whatever that store is doing, which is probably magic, but they're probably also uh, selling comic. There's a bunch of comic lovers in there and they're probably also running a D&D game in the back and I don't know, they got a pinball machine against the wall and those guys are nuts about pinball and, you know, and, uh, you know, so so it, it, it kind of depends where you're at and I've been in so many different types of those communities just throughout my, my upbringing. They've all been, they've all been great and, uh, I think the challenge now is to be more inclusive. I, I do mm-hmm. feel I have always felt, you know, when when I was a teenager and I was hanging out at our at our game store, there were zero female. Uh, there were no girls, no women playing any game of any kind. I can say that very confidently. I, I'm I'm certain I'm not wrong. Um, yep. And 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 if and if if a, a teenage girl had come in with a uh, a deck of magic cards and wanted to play, I really think we would have been like, how, you know, how did, how did this happen? We, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have even known. It was like the least cool thing to be doing. And uh, <laughs> it, it, at the time, uh, and um, girls just weren't, weren't doing it. Now, fast forward, it's like, I haven't run a table at a convention in a couple of years. That didn't have, uh, didn't have women players or I, I was really happy about this. At Total Con, I had a uh, table that only had one male player. Oh, wow. And, and I just like, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, say anything, you know, wow. Or, or you know, but I, yeah. I had like a mental note and, and me and my GM friends, we like trade notes into the night. And I was mm-hmm. like, I had an almost, almost female play group tonight <laughs> for the first time. It was wonderful. It was totally great, you know. So I think, I think we have become more inclusive there, but and I hate to say this because it sounds disparaging. I still think we have a ways to go. We we have more we have more work to do. It's not um, it's not as diverse as, as I would like to see it. You know, when mm-hmm. I'm walking, I think we we can do better. And it's not that anybody um, has any ill will. I, you see what all these organizations are doing and all the conventions doing. They have inclusivity agendas. You know, they they certainly want to promote people of any uh, identity being there. It more comes down to the, I think, the time it's going to take for for everyone to feel comfortable being a part of it, and for that word to travel, and for that to be an okay thing. And it's happening, you know. It, you, mm-hmm. you can see it happening. I, I guess what I would say is put the foot, you know, put the foot on the gas, you know, <laughs> like let, like uh, let's somehow move it along faster. And I don't, I don't have a, 
a brilliant idea on on how to do. I think some things have to you know have to cultivate. I I think what you're saying is really interesting, and I think there's this dichotomy there where on the one hand, and I'm going to speak for myself because I don't want to speak broadly about others, but sure. for myself and in my experience, those who have been gamers tend to kind of be what I refer to. This is not very kind, but like social outcasts, right? Well, the I knew, I knew that was coming. Yeah. And like the Island of Misfit toys is the freaks like, and like, geeks, I, right? Okay. Let's exactly. just, let's just say what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, so you have that, right? Where you have, me and those I've seen yeah. be like the ones like we don't fit in like the mold with everyone else. Right. Yeah. And all those other stereotypes. And so like, we know what it's like to not be part of the in crowd, yeah. but then there's the issue of gatekeeping. I think whether yeah. intentional or unintentional, it, yes. I think no matter what kind of gaming it is, yeah. it, it, I think it's there. I think it can be imposing and feel impenetrable. And I think real or imagined just the fear of it or the potentiality of it can keep people away uh they don't want to come across that and so at least in your experience of community building and what happens when you have your redemption con and your game nights uh, what kind of tips and advice would you have based on your experiences to kind of help others to prevent you know gatekeeping forming or also to kind of help dismantle it and modify it to make it uh feel more welcoming to here's what we do and this all comes from from jake jake is and i, I wish we could have maybe we can somehow we'll meet at a future convention or you're, oh, yes, you're welcome will. to come to redemption convention anytime you want um he is um the most socially skilled uh communicator that has ever walked he will talk to anybody he'll make them feel good he'll feel good about it he'll get them involved there's nobody he feels uncomfortable um in any way you know, approaching and trying to get involved. He's the greatest, you know, pitch man for gaming that, that you, that you can get. And so some of the things that we've done is one, we have him. So that's kind of, you know, we're cheating. We've got, we've got a superstar doing, but, but then we're doing very practicals too. One is we have two volunteers, um, uh, that sit at a table that's sort of in the entryway of this area that Redemption gives us where we've got all these, you know, many tables set up and it's a table that they walk by and, we don't try to accost anybody as they come in because it is an open place for, for business during this evening. Like we don't rent the place out or anything. They're just gracious enough to let us set up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as people come in, we have these volunteers say, hi, how are you? Did you know that this was, was going on tonight or are you just kind of wandering in? And they kind of get what the story is and they say, okay, well, let me tell you what's happening over at this table is this over at this table is that over at this table is that then there's some open gaming over here did you have something in mind so they're almost like the waiter you know what i mean they're like can i get you started with some D <laughs> over here and follow it up with some settlers of Catan, you know or something like that i love that and, yeah and and they're great and 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 that's it doesn't that seems like a no-brainer thing it's huge because we learned so much about why people got there and what they want to do. So thing, I, I stand up there once in a while when I'm not busy running games, and I just observe what these volunteers are doing. And a lot of times a person will walk up and they'll go like, hi, I'm Joe. And they're like, hi, Joe. How, how'd you find out about us? Well, I was on Reddit, and it said um, this is a board game night, and I just moved here from Nashville, Tennessee, and I have no friends, but I have this board game, and I've always wanted to play it, so I've brought it. And they're like, great, here's a player's needed sign. Here's a uh, here's a uh, empty picnic table. Go set up your 
your thing. Give us the name of what the game is, and if we don't know what it is, tell us like you know what what it's about, and we'll send people. And so they'll they'll then be the advocate for him to get his three more players he needs for his game and make him feel comfortable. And they've also found out like, oh hey, people know about us on Reddit. Maybe we need to look, you know, or something. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 a big thing, and it makes people feel welcome. And um, the other thing is name tags. Uh, we try to get all the all the volunteers to wear name tags, and then I would say probably eighty or ninety percent of the uh, attendees just grab one anyway because they see everybody else wearing them. Mm-hmm. And pronouns has been uh, helpful on the name. I was going to ask about that. I think um, you know just to, just to make sure everybody's feeling represented the way they want to be represented. Um, I mean, we don't make anybody wear name tags, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it has been helpful. Um, and also, if you're if you're kind of pointing out like Pete is running Savage Worlds over in that corner. If there's a guy with a name tag that says Pete, it kind of just no, it does. things happen. So those are little things that go a long way. We have these signs we've made that are very much, you know, ripped off from all the local conventions we attend that say, uh, you know, game full players needed, you know, kind yep. of a red side, green side, red light, green light. Mm-hmm. Um, those are great. We put them up. Um, you know, anybody who's set up you know, as one of our volunteers that we know is running a game kind of gets there and we put one on their table. And then anybody who filters in through the evening, um, you know, if they need one, we'll, we'll get an extra one for them and try to get their games filled up. And, you know, it actually surprises me, but people come out of their shell for little things like that, like kind of introverted people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to play Terraforming Mars, but I don't want to go talk to human beings about how I want to play it. If you coax them a little, they're like, well, yeah, I do. And you're like, well, if you sit at this table right now, you can play it, you know? And they're like, okay, I will, you know? And it just takes that little, that little extra push. And I've been that person, you know, I've definitely been that person where I was like, oh yeah, that game looks cool. I don't know any of those people. And and they look to be talking about it, like really expert. Oh gosh, I probably shouldn't bug them right now, you know? (laughs) Uh, But, uh, I, so I get it. I get it from from. So those are little things we do. Um, you know, the other thing is pick a great place, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. um, it does not have to be a commercial business. Ours is a commercial business. I'll be like, you know, upfront about that. We don't we don't earn. We it is not a uh, for profit operation on our part. It is mm-hmm. completely the the only folks that could possibly profit financially with Redemption Rock Brewery, um, but they are a B Corp. Um, which is, you know, when you're choosing places to, uh, maybe host these events, look into the business, right? Don't just pick the place with the biggest hall or the place you can get for free or things like that. Pick a place that actually is going to be supportive of the community you're right. Um, if, if all redemption rock wanted to do was sell tons of beer all night, I'll tell you this, they wouldn't have us because we're not the biggest, we're not the biggest, uh, you know, hard drinking crowd around, you know, they, they, they would get some football up on some big screens. And I know I'm stereotyping right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm the football guy too. Uh, But, 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 um, you know, they would do something that was conducive to, to that, to that crowd, you know, um, and, and that's not their thing. Their thing is build the community, have good people in, having a good time. And I think I mentioned they're a B Corp too, which means they donate a very uh, substantial amount of the earnings they make to uh, various local uh, charity stuff. So that's, that's always wonderful. Yeah. See, that's one of the things you get with small businesses and local business that yeah. you just, you don't get from larger chains and organizations. And like, do all of us end up 
making a purchase from Amazon or going to, you know, right. uh, Tajay or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like going to the mom and pop shop down the street, like it makes such a bigger difference and adds more value to your community. Uh, and and being intentional well. about it too, right? Yeah. Like knowing, knowing like that is something that is like, I'm never intentional about like, I really need to spend some, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they just, they don't, they don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean I don't buy stuff from them. I do, but I am intentional. Like when I, when I go to Worcester, when I go, you know, here around town, uh, I do think on the weekends, like, all right, all right, if we're going out to eat on Saturday, who yeah. do I want to have my money? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I got to like the place. The place has to be great. Yeah, but yeah. I also, but I also have to want to give them my money, and it makes a huge difference. At, at least to me, it does. It's like I feel way better with expensive bill from people I like and to be here than, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, you know, going to a, a huge national chain where I don't have. Although the restaurant might be fine, it might be great. I don't have that personal connection. That person doesn't live in my town. Their kids don't go to this school. That type of thing. No, I, I hear you. Uh, this is I'm also place. like a small business guy all the way, you know. Well, I, no, I true. Own and operate one, but but uh, I think a lot of people don't own and operate. No, I think yeah. you're right. I, I mean, there's this amazing place next to where I work. This fantastic bakery, and I've been going there for years. And but like they know people who come in, and like they're one of those places. As soon as someone walks in the door, they know them. They know what they're going to order and what they want. Yeah. And there's been times where like I've gone. And I'll want, you know, whatever. And they don't have it out ready. But then they, they go and check in the kitchen. And they're like, it's going to be out of the oven in like two minutes. And then next thing you know, it comes rushing out like incredibly hot. Or they'll make something special. They do whatever. Uh, and it's because they care. And then like they participate in the community. The community helps them. And I think that's true for a lot of other, you know, small businesses out there. Whether it's, uh, uh, you know, a brewery. Whether it's uh, some, uh, uh, like a restaurant or cafe or whether it's a game store makes a difference it really does i think i I agree and it's people doing you know something that they feel they have to 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 be there do you know uh the purpose is not always make the maximum amount of profit for your shareholders i have nothing against making a ton of money i'd love to make me too I'm, i'm i'm for it all the way but but i i i would i would like to do it uh, you know, along the line, I feel I have a, is my purpose to do. I'd like to put something out there that's positive that uses my creativity and my hard work to to do that. And I think like your local bakery uh, or shop there, you know, I, I bet if you ask them what they really, really want to do there, they probably are like, you know, I want to make the sandwich. I just want to be known as the guy who makes the best sandwich. Yeah. And, and and they're probably not. Their first answer is not going to be like, I just want to cash a huge check. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's on their list. I know it's on their list, well, but, it but it's probably it's probably not their top answer. And uh, and so that's great. Yeah, support them. I think you know, and I can't speak for Redemption Rock. You know, I I don't mm-hmm. work for them. I don't pay. I'm not paid by them. I have no no horse in that race other than that. I personally like them. I think that they're a well-run business. The folks that we have worked with, which are like their marketing and social media folks, to kind of get the word out, have been nothing but super amped about getting a bunch of nerds into their brewery one night a month and having us screaming about rolling dice. And it's been, that's been, why don't we talk about them a little bit? So you kind of alluded to some of the reasons one would have for picking a place like redemption uh, as the location, but what specifically kind of drew all of you to it? And I have to ask like, why a brewery as opposed to, I don't know, something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple things. Let me just start with like the origin story of how the game night started. So again, it goes back to my buddy Jake, 
Um, and he uh, lives down the road from this place, a local place with that has good beer, and they've also got coffee and snacks and pretzels and stuff. And so he would go there on the weekends. And uh, one weekend, he decided he was going to run an RPG, and he said, you know what? You know, I don't want to do it at my house, or he couldn't do it at his house for some reason. And he said, you guys, you guys want to just go down to Redemption Rock and ask him if we can play on one of their picnics. And so he and a group of, you know, uh, co-workers and friends went down. They said, we're not going to make a lot of noise. We'll just sit over there. Can we play this game? And they said, yeah, absolutely. You don't even really have to ask <laughs> to do that, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, he started playing there regularly, I think, for months. And then he kind of, you know, the the gears were slowly spinning there where he was like the cool. And I know a lot of other people, uh, you know, are into gaming. I'm going to go talk to the lady, uh, behind the bar and see if I can talk to her about inviting more people here or if that's over the line or something. And so that's how the, um, that's how the conversation started. And because he's just like a super ambitious social butterfly, <laughs> it was like, he was like, he sent out a few messages. He was like, look, I think it'd be really cool if we got a dozen people down here a month. You know, we're coming out of this COVID thing. We're coming back out into the world. Let's get 12 people down here once a month. I know you can do it. Don't make excuses. And we'll play some games. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Or at least I was like, you know, I'm in for next month, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and so we kind of planned it out. We did a little bit of talking around town. We sent a few emails to people we we know it turns out we know a lot of people and uh and the first night i i don't remember so don't quote me on this but i think the first event we had 65 people we thought we were gonna wow. have 12 we thought we were gonna have 12 and so we were like we we actually were like are we in, like kind of <laughs> kind of like we were like we did not nope. tell them this many people. um we were not in trouble at all they were happy and so we said okay we'll keep you know we set up a discord um we've got a facebook um, discussion group where we can post, you know, what's going on. And there's other social media stuff that's being managed that I'm unaware of, like Reddit and other, I think somebody's doing Twitter, some Reddit, somebody's doing some deeper thing that I don't know about. Um, and so we've got the word out there and it's great. We even sent the word out to, we, there are large companies in Worcester, large pharmaceutical companies, mm -hmm. which tend to hire a bunch of nerds. <laughs> and they all have gaming. Um, and so we send emails to their games as well. And so they come down uh, as little posses and do their do their, their games. Um, yeah, uh, that was the origin story of kind of how that started was just like he was playing games there and see what it turns into. And it's just kind of turned into a little bit of a bigger thing that's like really just delightful i guess is how i would describe it you know, it's, yeah, it's that's great. fantastic yeah we're trying to get more people involved the big thing now is we're trying to get people to mesh right so people tend yeah. to they tend to click up by nature i get that and it's not really even a criticism if you're having mm -hmm. fun keep keep doing it but the big things we're trying to do now is get people to go say hi to somebody who they didn't walk in with mm -hmm. um you know um and get people to play a game maybe if they want to that they've been thinking about trying, but they're a little bit on the fence about maybe trying it. And so, and that stuff's really challenging. And I'll tell you this, uh, and this is a question, more of a question than really a, an anecdote. Maybe, maybe your listeners can answer it too. The wargaming thing has been the, a big stumbling. How, how do you get many, what I would describe as quite casual beer and pretzel board gamers or more serious more serious RPG players or even more serious board game players. How do you get them at a casual event like this to say, okay, whatever's going on on that table with all those miniatures and that terrain and that rule book, how am I going to, how am I going to be, I don't know. How am I going to be sold on that? 
I, I think that's a great question. And I, for me, the way I would look at it is the same way I would approach running a game at a convention. Because yeah. I, I think you kind of have the same sort of um, audience in a way. You'll have your core uh, people who are like really into whatever. But a lot of it will just be people who are coming to see what's going on and to see what else is there. And they, they want to look, but maybe not participate. And so this is might sound counterintuitive. But I think you have to make sure it looks good. It has to be that eye candy. Like you go into the mall if you still go to a mall, and you look in the windows and be like, "Hey, oh, this looks really amazing. What is this?" And once you have that, what is this? That means the person is bought it enough that they're going to take the next step. Getting them to take that next step is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Uh, like you also kind of have to know the audience, right? So you don't want something that's going to be super in depth uh, and I would say scary <laughs> where you like it, one of those things where it takes 40 hours to play. So yeah, you want it again, because of it's bare and pretzel sort of thing. I think for war gamers, you'd want something really casual. You want something that doesn't have a lot of things going on. doesn't have a lot of models or pieces. You want something that is going to feel accessible uh, so that you lower that bar of entry as much as possible. Uh, even if it's not for them to grab onto it on their own and continue it elsewhere. But right. just to be like, wait, I can give this a try. I don't have to worry about messing up and that it not being okay and being a waste of time or whatever. Because it's it's small. It's easy to kind of get into. And there's quite exactly. a few different you know rule sets out there and games that kind of do that. And you can kind of just go for whatever theme you sort of want. Uh, and nowadays, I, I think there's a trend more towards skirmish games. Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, at TotalCon this year in 2023, uh, I always try to make sure that games that we run are very accessible and more Baron Pretzels than it's, like, knee-deep with, like, you hit on, like, this part of the tank and it did 10% damage. So you get, like, no, no. Like, there's a time and place, but this is not that. So this year at TotalCon, I wanted to do a Star Wars game. I'm a huge Star Wars fanatic, and I think a lot of other people are. So you get that going for them, something that's recognizable, whatever it is. I saw uh, your table, I think. Yeah, the, with the Lego? Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Well, thank you. It's so <clears throat> Lego, right? It's going to stand out. Who does that? Nobody does that because no one's crazy enough to do it, except for me. Um, <laughs> so you do something that's like unexpected whatever it is and then the rules we used really really accessible so they're uh, uh intended for organized play or tourney play depending on how you want to phrase it uh, i like organized play because it's more polite and friendlier than and, and, and i think tournament tournament play is not a term you're going to want to use uh to see biting no and that's the thing like <laughs> i think you say tourney play and you think a lot of cutthroat people out there rules lawyering and all this sort of like no no it's organized so that like everyone kind of knows what's going on and there's a framework that yeah. is comforting because you know what to expect uh, but because of that there's like these keystones in there that give you a really good foundation so you can't change them but then there's enough flavor that you can modify and make it your own so that's what we had done and so we used star wars legion which is a very oh, yeah. very very baron pretzels skirmish war game uh and the companies that put it out uh because there was one and they changed now there's a different one uh yep. they know exactly what they're doing and they've really homed in and done that so i think 
whether you're talking a convention, whether you're talking a game, whether you're talking about going to Redemption or whatever it is, if you want to add any sort of miniatures gaming, miniatures wargaming, you need these things, one, to get the people interested in playing, but also you got to think about the poor people who are bringing the stuff to set up. In war games. there's a lot of stuff. You a lot need. of totes to carry around. Yeah, yeah, so like, let's limit it as much as possible. Yeah. So however you can do that is usual. That's all that advice jives for... So I've done one experiment so far with Wargaming at this particular Redemption Convention. And what mm -hmm. I did was I picked a rule set, which you could pick any rule set. I picked one called uh, Song of Blades and Heroes, which is by G yep. Ganesha Games, I think. Yes, it um, is. And it's an awesome rule set because it is just the like five minutes and you're playing... Uh, each model has like two stats, you know, mm -hmm. everything is just so cut and dry and casual that, I mean, you could learn by accident. Um, and, <laughs> and I brought a big, like I bought not big, but I brought like a three by three, uh, terrain board. I had, I brought a pile of trees and hills and ruins and things like that. I brought, you know, three or four war bands, set those up. So I, I, I tried to do the, yeah, Hey, this is not just a board game sitting here type of presentation. I set it all up mm -hmm. and, I got uh, that night, I got two people to come over to me and say, what the heck is, and I said, I, you know, gave my pitch. I said, Hey, this is the rules. I, you can, you can play a game probably in 40 minutes and I can teach you how to play in five minutes. Uh, and you can play versus him. Cause there's two of you. So here you go. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> and, um, and they, they sat down and played and they knew me too. So I, you know, there was, there was some kind of like, he's not going to like, send us down this you know horrible road probably or so mm -hmm. um and uh so i taught it to them they were playing it i did notice as they were playing that drew more attention to the table right like people yes. were like oh what are they doing how to oh they're using that stick to move the guy okay then they're rolling the dice oh the guy is climbing up the hill you know they were kind of like seeing what's what's going um but by and large, people were into. Um, they looked at it and they went like, "Oh, that looks like this guy put a lot of work into it. I don't touch it." It's mm -hmm. kind of like the that's the jive that I got, you know, the vibe that you know from people. And you know, at the end of the night, we kind of recapped a little, and I was like, "Yeah, I think it's just too intimidating." And a couple other uh, people that I was talking to were like, "Yeah, I think it is. Um, you know, it's just like it's a lot, and people are coming in and like feeling out the place and they don't know everybody." So. I haven't cracked this this nut yet, you know, and uh, and I want to because I want to share things I like with. But on the other hand, I want people to just be playing with it. You know, if we yeah. had some survey that said, you know, hey, none of us are interested in minis <laughs> games, I'd, I'd leave them at home. You know, I, there's places yeah. I can go where people are, you know, um, and I, I would leave them at home and do something else. So it wouldn't be my feelings hurt, but I do want to like uh, share things that I really enjoy for those few people out there will catch on. Um, I did notice several like Total Con minis guys that were there playing other board games did come by and, and talk about the rule sets and things like that, but they weren't going to play because kind of committed to some other thing that was going on. Um, and it was more like, oh yeah, that's the type of thing I would play at, or I would play that at Huzzah or, you know, or, or yeah. like something like that. And so I get it. it it makes sense. Well, it, it's interesting. So one of the things I've learned from Total Cod is there'll be people who will come who are really hardcore war gamers who do a lot of historicals, but yep. they won't sign up and play any of those at Total Cod because they play those at other 
things. Like they'll play them at Huzzah, they play them at Havoc, they play them if they go to Historicon or Gen Con or whatever. Uh, and so they're like, this is where I play board games. And so these people, they might be feeling that way about Redemption Con, that like, this is where I go to play whatever other game that maybe they can only play there, they can't play anywhere else. Yep. Yep. And 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 the thing about this particular redemption convention is we want it to be what it collectively wants. We don't have an agenda. Like I'm not there to sell Song of Blades Heroes to anybody. You know what I mean? And I'm not there and I'm not there to sell any, you know, any other game for that matter either. What we're trying to do is just have like a, basically a place where everybody feels welcome and comfortable and safe first mm -hmm. and then you know whatever game you want to play play it play scrabble you know play whatever you want to play um as long as you're having a good time you know and it's the icing on the cake when i get to like run a game i really like or play a game i really like that's 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 great it's more just you know creating something that was not there before. Mm -hmm. no that makes sense um with redemption con you, you've mentioned that it's once a month what are some of the details about like when it is where it is how it works okay. yeah that sort of stuff what it costs so, or whatever Sure. It's so it is hosted at uh, Redemption Rock Brewing, uh, Redemption Rock Brewery, which is uh, 333 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester, which is a, a really great, vibrant, uh, developing neighborhood. I lived on that street five or so years. Um, and uh, it is the third Thursday of every month, at least for, for this year. That's what we're they've kind of said after the first couple. They said, why don't we lock it in for a year? Um, and then kind of we'll go from there if we have to reschedule stuff. So the next one coming up is next week, April 20th, I believe, is the next one. And May 18th is the one after that. I don't know when this will see the light of day. So that mm -hmm. I could be talking about events that are far in the past. So if that's the case, just look at whatever month you're in when you're in this and look at the third Thursday. And it will be that. <laughs> You've just stumbled across the <laughs> weird issue of tents to use. Yes, yes. it's very yes, Douglas I'm, Adams. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm talking to future people, but I may be talking to them about the past. I'm not sure. So it is weird, but it's it's true. Um, so like, oh, does it start at like five o'clock? Is it an eight o'clock thing? Or like, oh, yeah. So what? it's it's a uh, another thing is it is free. There is no cost to us. Of course, we urge you to buy a beer, coffee, tea, bagel pretzel uh from them if you would like to um it starts i believe the official start time is is six o'clock and we run it from six till ten when they close um people tend to i mean it's open for business all day go whenever you want to go um but that's when you know some of us are setting up we'll be there a little bit earlier 4 30 or 5 set moving tables or like that feel free to come anytime uh we'll just make you move tables mm -hmm. and um yeah, there's no cost associated with it. Nobody should feel uh, like they are unwelcome. If you have never played a board game uh, and you're worried that you'd be bad at it, or if you think you'll be great at it, either way, you should come down. If you have a board game and you want to play it, bring it with you. If you have never owned a board game and you want to play one, just come down. We have plenty. If you're into uh, role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons or other uh, tabletop RPGs in other genres. We have um, Jake, Trent, Reese, Faith, and many other folks down there that are like our perennial every month GMs that are that are doing stuff for us. And they'll they'll get you into something uh, that you can try out. If you want to run a game, come run a game. You can uh, you can tell us about it ahead of time, or you can just show up. We we really don't we don't mind uh, either way. If you want to follow it on Facebook, I don't remember the exact name of it's 
I mean, look up Redemption Convention on Facebook. If it says Worcester, Mass., it's us. Um, and I post things, you know, like a heads up a week ahead. Or if I know what games people are running, I will post them there. So that if That's you have cool. your eye on something, like I, I'm going to be running, uh, hopefully I'm going to be running a, a game next week called, it's called Trailer Park Shark Attack. It is a wild <laughs> RPG game in which your trailer park is flooded uh, in a storm sharks. Uh, and so, you know, I'll, I'll put little, you know, blurbs out to hype things up to get get people in or if people specifically play and need for some game. We always put a bunch of folks up to show or have them. So get involved. Come. Uh, Jonathan, you should come anytime. You're more than welcome. Why, thank and you. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. That sounds fascinating. It, I think that you've kind of hit on something really good. Like you've found a need, right? You've got your uh, location and you've found that little, the hole that was there and you've managed to plug it and share that with others. And that sharing, I think, is that's the key part, right? Um, yeah. One of the things I've often said and I've modified it slightly over the years, is that I will play almost any game with almost anyone as long as I don't have to buy anything, build anything, or paint anything. And that's because, for me, it's it's about the people. It's about the experience. So there are games, there are types of games, whatever, that I adore that are really special to me that, of course, I would prefer to go to over and over again. But I'll try almost anything at least once. As long as like it seems like it's a good group, and if I don't know, I'm going to try it out anyway because maybe I'm going to discover like a new friend or whatever. Yeah, that's a great I, thing because what you're what magic. you're basically saying is when you say that I don't have to buy anything, paint anything, build anything. You know what you're saying is as long as there's no barrier to entry, mm-hmm. I'm in. And, and as long as everybody nobody's a jerk, you know, it was yeah. another ca- caveat. And so I can I can guarantee to our listeners out there uh, that you know uh, there is no barrier to entry aside from the fact that you're gonna have to get there some somehow and get home. And uh, and uh, there are no jerks. I've thoroughly the entire. Oh wait, hold on a second. Uh, you mean you're not gonna come and pick me up, bring me, and then bring me home? What is this? You know what? We'll we'll talk. We'll we'll talk, and we'll if that's what it takes to get it done, we'll 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 figure something. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> or, seriously, the uh, for those in the I have area, driven somebody home. I have driven somebody home. Have from you? It. So actually, actually, we can say so. My 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 good friend Reese, who runs games there, we carpool uh, each time, and there was somebody who got stranded from their work like the oh, first no. or second month, and. And so we ended up giving them a, a ride back, actually not to their house, but their, their place of work. So we even do sometimes supply rides, but don't count on it, okay? No, but <laughs> do you know what? That's really kind and was very generous of your time yeah. to go and do but, that. That's, for me, more than anything, that says what kind of people you are. Yeah, I mean, we're just about getting people involved and trying to find out what people are into. It couldn't be... <laughs> You've alluded to some of the other non-redemption convention gaming stuff you do. Yeah. Uh, are there any socials or way that uh, members of our community can keep up with that if you feel like sharing it? If not, that's okay. Um, so I don't personally have any gaming-specific social media like that I manage, but things mm-hmm. that have been fantastic for me locally, uh, just like regionally speaking, I am always... I'm kind of a Facebook person because I use it for work and I know that that means and, and not, not with it, but yeah. I, that's what I just got to speak with what I know. I know that I'm a big, huge fan of carnage convention, which is in Vermont in or, yep. or October every year. And I'm a huge fan of total con. And now I'm a new fan of rising con because last year was the first year 
I attended that and I'll be attending next week. And so I'm involved in their, their Facebook discussion groups and there's lots of crossover between those groups because they're almost all New England people with some outside folks. Yep. And so um, if you ever want to get involved and learn more about gaming in this area, those are good places to start or go to those and just start saying hi to people and playing games. And I don't know how many people I've met in the past you know, 10 years by just having played in some game they ran and then becoming a Facebook friend a week later. And then, you know, now we, now we, you know, high five every time we're at a convention and we play a game and then I see them again in six months at some other, and it's, and it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's a great thing. So, um, yeah, I would get involved that way. Um, I do writing for a company called Twitchy Butcher Studio. They're very small and they make niche products for a RPG. If you have any list, know what Savage Worlds is. You should check out uh, Twitchy Butcher Studios on DriveThruRPG. And uh, any product that they publish is awesome. And you should do, you should purchase them and play them. <laughs> I, I know we're getting near the end of our time, so I don't know if you have time to talk about this. And if not, Joshua... Please just edit this out. Joshua's my audio guy. Um, <laughs> but he loves me, I'm sure. <laughs> you can just speak commands into the ether and he does that. Well, because he's freaking Joshua, I'm make sorry. me twice as loud as Jonathan's. He's absolutely amazing. It's just, <laughs> seriously, I would not sound half as decent as I do if it wasn't for him because a pro and he's just, and he's in Australia. So that alone means he nice um but <laughs> no it does i've yet to meet or talk to an australian who's a jerk <laughs> i'm sure they exist but not I in my experience uh, but do you want to talk briefly about um excuse me rise of phoenix and what you're gonna be doing there yeah so next week is a a really busy week so um redemption convention is on thursday and on friday rising phoenix starts i believe if i have my dates right i think it's friday saturday sunday I think it is. Is, is. is that's correct? So I'm there. I'm running games uh, Friday and Saturday, one o'clock and seven o'clock both days. The games I'm running are all under the Savage Worlds rule set, and they're all tabletop RPGs, not war games. So it's not kind of totally in line with uh, your audience here, but I'm I'm sure there's a lot of crossover. Um, there is, and uh, and um, I'm uh, running. What I have to think. I'm running one sci-fi adventure that I that I wrote myself that is not published and I'm running a uh, I'm running three sessions of a we're calling it an Appalachian folk horror setting that mm. is uh, it's called Holler and that's written by a super talented guy named Timur North Carolina down in that region of the world and I'm running three sessions of a really cool adventure written by Tracy Sizemore uh, called The Savior of Hollow Oak I think I'm completely sold out or I might have one seat left in like one session, but that that's doesn't awesome. mean th things wouldn't open up. So uh, if anybody's going and is listening, uh, I think I have one seat left in one of those sessions and there's a wait list and people, you know, people don't show up or get sick or get a flat tire all the time. So you should come and play. Congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, we've been doing as many of the local conventions as we can for the past kind of since we've been let out of lockdown. Jake and I pretty much travel with them and are sort of roommates at these things. And uh, mm -hmm. he is, uh, he runs, he's one of those guys who can run from sunup till sundown okay. and, and never take a break. And I just, you know, I'm running four sessions, which I think comes out to, you know, like 16 or 20 hours or something like that with five players. So it's, mm. it's a lot, right? He, but he's like double, oh you know, what, what I'm doing. They should be 
writing this guy a check. Yeah, they but, should. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's a super fun time. I went to the Rising Phoenix for the first time last year. I they tried to have it. Like I remember, I signed up for it, and then like pandemic stuff happened, and then yep. it went away. And I was in my head, I went like, "Oh, they're out of it." Mm -hmm. Like I was like, "There's no way you can hype up, you know." a first year of a convention, get all your stuff together and then have it canceled and then like recover mentally and financially <laughs> and do it again. But they, I was wrong. They, they, they did it. So, and um, it's not that big yet. Uh, as I remember, I think there was a couple of hundred people there and that's, good. I, that's decent though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I really liked it uh, for the space that we were in, if I'm remembering it correctly. And for the games that I was, it felt um, relaxed um, as relaxed as you can be when everybody still had to be like masked up and all of that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say on the masking thing, fully, fully support it. You know, I, I, what they did was absolutely right. It is so challenging to run tabletop RP as a GM with a mask on, but also looking at your players that have masks mm -hmm. on, um, in a loud room when you have people of all different sort of natural volume level. Um, you know, some people you can hear no matter what, they like can a mile away. And then you have some people that are just worse off spoken. They've got this mask on. And, That's me. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like desperately trying to hear what this person wants to do. And the next table's screaming, you know, and it's really, really challenging, but we got through it. And uh, I'm glad that they're, they're off now. If I remember correctly, Rising Phoenix actually does have a bill about vaccination, which they're they the might. only can, or they might or something like that. Um, so just, I guess be aware of that it shouldn't be people and i think it's a great idea i'm hoping that they grow and continue to do this because not far from my house so for selfish reasons it's convenient to me that they you know continue to exist <laughs> no no i hear you in, in, in the first year they were going to do it actually i was going to be one of the featured guests uh for them oh and nice. then pandemic came and so it, that didn't happen as you said and yeah. then i'm immune compromised so like i avoided everything for as long yeah. as possible no you can't risk it you can't risk it uh before like yeah. i came out uh to start going to stuff again uh and so i've been wanting to go to them i'm not going to be able to go this year but i'm hoping next year to be able to go and the people who run it are good friends with some of the people who run TotalCon, and yeah. i'm good friends with some of the people who run TotalCon. so like yeah I I've, I've met them accidentally i had a couple of them at my table last time yeah. so it was weird i uh, I was wrapping up a game session at TotalCon, and I said, hey, I, I don't know if any of you guys are going to Rising Phoenix in a few months, but I'm running different games there, and I'll need players, so if you're going. And then, like, two of them were like, hey, we're we're on the Rising Phoenix board. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm advertising your your thing, man. And they were like, thank you. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> I, um, I wish I remembered their names. I don't remember. No, that's okay. Do you think you guys might get up to um, Huzzah at all? I won't. Um, I looked at it and, um, I, most of my crew wouldn't go to Huzzah. The only reason being is that they're not historical. Yeah. I would be the, I'd be the one that's the most interested, but I'd have to, I'd have to wrangle. I probably I wouldn't just go up by myself. I'd have to wrangle somebody else that wanted to go check it out. Um, it's kind of been on my radar for three years or so, but it, it was another one that disappeared for quite a while. If I remember right. Yeah. There was a, there was a couple of years where they didn't yeah. cause of pandemic. Yeah. Um, and, um, so I'm interested, but I won't be making it up up this year. I just don't have it on my calendar. I think the next one after it it, it goes into sort of a dead space for the summer. Um, if I'm yeah. not going to Gen, Gen Con, it goes into sort of a dead space for the summer, and then I start gearing back up 
Carnage in, in November, late right? October. Oh, it's Halloween this year, I think. Uh, there's also another local event, a very cool local event in Portland, Maine, called FriendCon in oh. September. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that. It's this tiny. Is... <laughs> it's at the, uh, the Woodford Club in Portland, Maine. It's okay. run by wonderful, beautiful people who don't make any money doing it, and they just like <laughs> seeing people play games in their little club. It is a, just a fantastic family. I went to it. Uh, I've been going to it since it started, and I had a kid couple. Uh, I had a kid one year ago, and I went to the first one, and I had a, like a maybe I had a five month old kid or something like that. Whoa! And, looking and at I sh- I showed up with a baby and was like. <laughs> And they were like, we need you to run games. We're short. And I said, okay, but I have a baby. So I am going to set up a pack and play in the second floor with a monitor connected to it. And I will run games down here. And when I hear noise, I'll run up there and, and you know, do my thing. And they were like, fine, good. That, that's good. <laughs> so they're very, very welcoming. Obviously, I would not have been to attend that, do things like that. That's a totally different vibe than, no, that's a micro, you know, their, their attendance over a whole weekend. Do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And I love no. that there are conventions and events of various sizes because just like you were talking about, uh, there being different ways to kind of make a place feel comfortable for people. Uh, some people need the bigger size. Some people need a smaller, some want something in between. So this way you find what is good for you. It's a nice thing to have. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer because I'm sure your spouse <laughs> will kill me. Uh, so I just, I want to thank you so much for the episode with me yeah, no problem. and just taking the time to talk about community building. It, it's really a core value for me and for what we do here at Wargaming Recon. And so when you had spoke up about it, I was like, we, we need to make this happen because uh, it's like, it's part of our core mission statement. Uh, and so I just, I wanted to, have this chat about it and uh, i hope people take it to heart and use it to you know go forth and multiply and uh spread the word of gaming absolutely and if there's any uh wargaming recon people who hear this who end up at redemption convention or any of the other places that we talked about um you know if you see this video feed i don't know you know what i look like come say hi to me high five me tell me it's from wargaming recon i'll be like super hyped if i get like even one person to show up you know i'll be like i'll be through the moon Hey, great, you might. So. Yeah. So that's what it's all about. <laughs> cool. And I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this episode of Wargaming Recon. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on all the things except for TikTok as Wargaming Recon. So no matter where you look, we are there. We're in your dreams. I'm sorry about that, but it's just it's how it works. Those neural implants from Elon Musk, they do weird stuff now. So Thank you, everyone, and you all know the drill who've been listening for a long time. It's time for the cheesy exit. So no matter how busy you are, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how much time you're thinking, hmm, how many times can I go to Redemption Con before I decide I need to move there permanently? You know that you got to. You need to. You have to. Keep on. Are you always on the go? Why not take Wargaming Recon with you? If you use an app like Pocket Casts, You can listen to your favorite episodes of Wargaming Recon on your mobile device. This recording is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Many thanks to Andrew and Court for inspiring the show's name. Wargaming Recon is dedicated to the memory of longtime listener Andrew. I ask all listeners to join me in a moment of silence in memory of Andrew. Wargaming Recon is sponsored by 
the Historical Gaming Club of Oxbridge. They meet the first Wednesday of each month at Great Stories in Wittensville, Massachusetts. Dice drop at 7 p.m. on games spanning World War II to the Wild West and beyond. Guest demos are encouraged. All are welcome. Find them on Facebook at Historical Game Club of Uxbridge. Wargaming Recon is proudly sponsored by the Maine Historical Wargamers Association. They put on the Huzzah Convention. Huzzah is happening at the Doubletree in Portland, Maine from May 19th to the 21st, 2023. Come play war games featuring epic historical battles, have fun at a sci-fi and fantasy game, or dig into some board games at Huzzah. Visit mhwa.info for more information.